Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. The man who needs a new tagline hasn't thought of one yet. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. We're rocking off the lav mic today. If the audio sounds a little bit different than my normal pods, because I just shot some content. And I don't feel like busting out all the other mics. All my stuff is packed up still, but the camera was hot. Your boy was hot. Mike was hot. I figured... We're rocking and rolling. I'm not sure when the next time is I'm going to have a chance to pod. And so I wanted to come give you guys a little bit life update. Kia style in a new place. Where am I? Here's, where, here's how it's going now. Getting you the little Brazil recap. A little Christmas in Brazil. Loved Brazil. We're going to talk about some takeaways too about Brazil. Things that I loved. Why I could really see myself there later on. We're going to talk about this, this adventure that I'm about to go on that is the most scared I've been about anything in a very long time. The first one that I'm like, yeah, we're gonna dive into it, but it's the first one that's really got me really prepping hard, mentally, because it's gonna be, I think, one of the most challenging things I've ever done. And then we're gonna talk about what's next for the boy, kind of next uh, next steps, next chapters. So that's just a little bit teaser, you know, a little something for you to hold on to, nibble on. Before we get to the, the good stuff though, let's talk about Brazil. So right now I'm in Medellin. By the time you're hearing this, I probably have already left. If you're hearing this and you're in Medellin and you're salty I didn't hit you up, it's because I was only here for a high and buy. I got in late last night, excuse me, late afternoon yesterday. I'm here today shooting this content and kind of preparing for this next adventure. And then tomorrow morning I'm leaving with my buddy Scotty and we're going out to Santa Elena, going out to a finca. And then we're going to go on this adventure, which I'm going to tell you about here in a little second. So I'm not really here doing my social thing. I'm not hanging out with people. So I'm, if I'm here and you're offended, don't be. It's not you. It's me, I promise. But I'm back in Medellin because I wanted to hit this little adventure before heading on to the next chapter. Brazil, though, was fire. Brazil was one of those places that I could definitely see myself posting up. At least in Rio. Floripa was really cool, but something about Rio is just special to your boy. I figured out what were some of the things that I loved about it. Being near the water. I, I love Medellin. You know, this is kind of my home away from home. It's lush. It's green. It's just, it's an amazing place. There's something special about being near the water that is that I can't overstate. That just being, like, going out, either, like, hitting pads or shadow boxing and, like, Hit them with that, you know, Mayweather, Philly, roll, you feel me? Ah, but working out next to the beach, doing anything near the beach feels better. Like getting sun on my body early in the morning, getting sun on my body, period. That's why I have this kind of crazy tan if you can't see it. Being, there's, Rio has this mixture of nature in terms of like big mountains. Like I said, it feels like Jurassic Park. Lush green trees and landscapes and forest feels like jungle as well as the beach and this combo as well as the city it's just a, it's a rad place and being able to go out early in the morning work out by the beach or walk on the beach come in back in the afternoon after working inside and stuff being able to enjoy the sunset just felt there's energy to it. And as hippy-dippy as that is, there's something that feels, I feel very grounded. I feel, I feel very present. I found whenever I'm near water, it makes me feel the, I think the insignificance of life in a good way. And that it makes me feel how little I really matter. That like this ocean 
has been like smashing up against these rocks for like hundreds of millions of years, hundreds of millions more. I'm a speck. I'm actually meaningless. And there's something really beautiful about that. That's like humbling of like any sort of problems I have or like ambitions I have or wanting to do things like it's just it's a it's a nice reminder that like I am nothing and this will all be gone very soon and like there's something about the immediacy to death and the power of the water that to me is very refreshing and I just find I spend a lot more time like in I don't want to say like in observation mode, but like in that, like when you're meditating in this sort of like arbiter mode, like a lot of times I'm in my life, I'm in my body, I'm in my brain, I'm there, bam, 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 bam. But meditation and being near water really helps me like not be in that mode, almost like experience my life rather than just being in my life, like being able to soak up those moments. And that's not for nothing. I think there's, it's all of these pieces about Rio that make it special. And I think especially beach cities, and that's why I loved it, Da Nang so much. There's more of a culture stuff and a little bit more relaxed, and which means flip-flops, shorts, tank top. You know, look at your boy. That's my type of vibe. If I can, I'm going with a, as little clothing as possible for it to be societally accepted. Um, and so I love it out there because it's just flip-flops and shorts and like, that's the requirement. Honestly, just the shorts because a lot of people even walk around barefoot. And so for me, that's just like my natural habitat. It's like I like being topless. I like just not having to wear a lot of clothes. It's just easier to not have a lot of clothes. And because when you don't have a lot of clothes to it, like it's like fashion kind of exists differently. It's less of like like wearing a lot of layers and all this cool fancy stuff. It's more for me. It's more like your small details maybe tattoos or maybe your body like i just feel more my body is more of like an art piece there and so i i, I feel much more health conscious i want to you know i want to be shredded i want to be fit i want to be in shape because i'm out there and there because this ties in with that if it's like less clothes it's very like sexually charged and i don't know i find that very inspiring i think i've talked about this before but as someone who is a little bit maybe addicted lover on kind of my king warrior magician lover shit on my masculine traits like I, that sexual energy i find very inspiring that sexually charged piece like forever i'll say this forever and always like to me the most beautiful thing the most beautiful art is our women is like a woman's body like it's the thing that i find the most inspiration from in life more than any sort of like physical manifestation architecture or anything built it's just like it's just in me as a man as an animal like there's something about like a woman's figure that is, I just find it, I want to write about it. I want to sing about it. I want to try to, you know, either be funny or be successful. Like I want attention. Like there, it, it's like, it's kind of scary how much, when I really think about it, how much of life revolves around sex and attention from women. But I think it's just wired deep within us, especially on this evolution of desire shit I've been looking into. Like the point of being here as an animal is to procreate. And even though I've robbed myself of that, you know, vasectomy life, hashtag vasectomy life, but there is something about that that is undeniable, that the sexual energy of that city that also feels very kind of uh, like 
run and gun and kind of exciting. That's less like you, you exist less in these boxes that I feel like we sometimes do in the States of just, it feels a little bit more like kind of anything can happen. And even here's something, an interesting point too about that. I wasn't even going to talk about this on the podcast. I might've talked about it on the, the podcast before too, but I've always considered myself a very, a pretty straight guy. I've always been obsessed with ladies, but I also think men are beautiful. Like I, I can be like, wow, that man's really hot. But being there in Rio was the first time it really opened my mind that I started really thinking about being like, could I be with a man? Like straight up. And this is some stuff I'm still working through. I'm still figuring out, but it was really, it was the first time it ever dawned on me. Like is a, it was that it was like maybe a possibility that I, maybe not a possibility, but the first time I ever actually entertained the thought for real was like, seeing those guys out there they're so beautiful like i cannot articulate that enough these brazilian guys like they're shredded they're tan they've got cool tattoos like they're just hot they're i'm like that's crazy but again i'm like i'm not sure if i'd like want to make out with that dude or if i just want to be him you know like i don't i'm still trying to like figure out that dichotomy there um of maybe just he's so attractive and i'm just like I, w- I wish that I could be that. R- I don't know if it's an actual real thing or not. So I'm still writing about that a lot. I'm still kind of f- doing my own gen- mental gymnastics and thought experiments to try to figure out where I land on that spectrum. But don't be surprised if maybe in the future there's a little experimenting. We'll put it out there. Now that I don't have to be like a rapper anymore and I don't have to be like super masculine and heterosexual, like I'm kind of enjoying the idea of like dipping and dabbling more with like sexuality and just like, just, uh, other things don't have to get into here, but just be more open sexually, we'll put it like that. So that's one piece of it, is like there's this beach culture that I love, less clothing, very inspiring, very connected to nature, and every weekend, just about my buddy Spencer, and we would also have some other friends that sometimes we'd go with, we'd go out and go on these hikes. And so just these lush green landscapes, the people are very kind, there's a lot of art too, like in the center, this old architecture. I never got to see actually like really center, like downtown, downtown, because it still sometimes felt a little bit sketchy, especially during the nighttime, the evening. And I would want to go with somebody that kind of knew the areas. I would love to go back, find somebody that knows the areas and like go take some photos. But the, it's this just, it's a great mix. I, I think it was what I wanted Mazatlan to be, but Mazatlan ended up being a little too small. But I spent Christmas there and just rode my bike along the entire beachfront, the entire Malacón. Um, my, I have a friend, she let me borrow her, her like bike rental thing. And it was really rad. And I just rode and just thought about my time back there in Rio. Six weeks flew by. I would love to go back, step my Portuguese up and actually dive in there. By the end, I started seeing this girl, which was kind of cool. There were a couple, I had a little bit of luck here and there on dates. Nothing totally thick, like was great. The women were great. I just don't think our chemistry was great. And it wasn't always exactly what I was looking for. So nothing, nothing super substantial there, just little things. And by the end though, I had a friend, um, she was a friend of a friend and she was amazing. Shout out Sophia. And she had some cool friends that she like put me in touch with. And so it could be cool to maybe see if some of those felt, I felt like might have some legs, might have some potential on the line, but, um, I'll just have to go back and find out. So anyways, it was a place I could definitely see myself, would love to go back someday. I'm not sure when that is. I need to make more bread. It's the most I've ever spent on an apartment, ever, actually, 
which is interesting. So it's definitely not cheap. I didn't ever have any problem with the danger shit. Like I know a lot of people really worried about that. I was worried about that. But like anything, you kind of learn how to move. You learn the vibe of the city. I'm still learning that. I think learning more Portuguese, I'll feel more comfortable with that. Um, I will say I didn't feel always comfortable going out at night shooting with my camera. And there would be people that'd be like, hey, like, hola, amigo, like, cuidado. Like, they'd be like, careful, you know, and I'd be like, okay, thanks. And just, you, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't decipher between how much was, like, lore and bad luck and also potentially my experience just being a white male and kind of being on my P's and Q's and having a, a early bedtime. It does feel like that Brazilian culture revolves around the nightlife. Like, it's a culture that comes alive at night. Everything, like, starts cracking it like just popping off at night it's so that's difficult for me but there is this other wave this whole other vibe of the city that comes awake early and is by the beach and they're playing this game called fuchi volley which is like which is like volleyball but you can use everything but your hands and doing crossfit on the beach it's just like there's this active there's this active lifestyle to brazil and health and 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 you know just taking care of yourself that I really love. So that's my little Brazil recap. Why did I leave? Why am I back in Medellin for a high and a buy? You know, you boys went on some spiritual hippie shit lately. So we had the ayahuasca experience in Brazil and a little bit outside of Rio with Spencer and with the Yawanawa. That was incredible. And it got me thinking that I want to dive in. I'm at this crossroads of my life. If you've been following along at all, you know, I'm kind of this like weird point. And so I want to do a little bit more kind of soul searching and that ayahuasca really, I think kind of broke something open for me. And what I'm going to do now, this is what I'm going to jump into with you guys. This is what I'm actually really scared of. I'm, I wouldn't say scared. I'm excited. I'd say I'm a little, I'd say I'm a little more, you know what? Fuck it. I'm scared. That's the truth. It's called a vision quest. There are different ways that this can manifest. But this one is done with this woman named Abuela Gloria in a place not too far from Medellin, a couple hours away. She's the woman that I did my first Tamezcal ceremony with. And the vision quest that she presents is it's four days. You're out in the woods. You're in this little spot. I don't remember exactly how big, but it's not very big. It's like this like ring of um, stones and things that, that she's put around. And she's kind of like blessed this space that you aren't allowed to leave. And so it's four days, it's out in the woods, fasting, no food or water, and just like clothes on your back in a sleeping bag. And like a, uh, like some little things for like the prayers and some oregano and citronella spices and stuff. But for the most part, clothes on your back, sleeping bag or a blanket, poncho, and just out in the woods for four days, no food, no water. And just even committing to this, has really helped me in a good way just be more appreciative of all the little things that I take for granted every day, like a nice shower, warm or cold, just showers, and having shelter and food. These things that I know will become obvious very quickly once those are stripped away. And so I've done prolonged fast before, three, four days, but always with water. So my first water, uh, excuse me, dry fast. I love being in nature. Your boy's from nature. Grew up in the mountains with my pops. Been, been camping, but never been camping without a tent or any shelter. So, you know, it's it gets rainy out here. So just kind of, I'm curious what it's going to be like kind of being cold and wet for four days straight. 
and it's bugs, dude. I'm not great with bugs. Big animals, fine. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not scared of bears or these other things, but like, I don't like, I don't do, you know, bug, I'm still working through my bug phobia. And so I know that that'll be, it's just going to be a mental, it's going to be some serious mental warfare, just like four days. It's going to be like this, a lot of meditation and me against me, like really trying to, I've been trying to like really work on getting my mind right, spending more time meditating during the day and in the evening of how to not let the experience beat me into just my my tactic the way that i'm going into with this my strategy is to almost try to remove from my body as much as possible like to be in that meditation kind of observer mode as much as possible and to not be as much like in like the mosquitoes and like being bitten and cockroach like just to, trying to be and like when it's rainy just trying to be like how can i just really really work on separating my mentality in my mind from my body and i think that'll be the challenging the most challenging part is is that balance between being in it minute to minute and the experience and being wet and cold and hungry and you know mosquito bitten and then also seeing it for a full experience using what mental tools i have that i've developed that i'm still working on but that i've learned to work through this experience and make it as meaningful as possible. So there are a couple things that, you know, that I've, I've looked into before on like things like quitting and those things like set your, like when you're going to quit before you even start. So that's something I thought about how bad would things have to get for me to quit beforehand, before I'm out there and it gets tough and that's the easiest time to quit. Another thing I've thought about are things like how to deal with pain. And from a lot of this research that I've looked into, a lot of it is to like focus on the experience. So if you're like cold, focus on the, the cold, if something, if something is painful, like focus on it. if something hurts, focus on it and like really dialing in kind of my mental acuity in that regard and trying to think about how can I come in kind of with a mental toolkit so that when things get rocky and it's the third day and I haven't been able to sleep because it's been raining all night and tired and hungry, they'll be like, we're in it and like laugh about it a little bit and just kind of roll with it. I think the nice part is, if you think about it, the only thing you have to do is survive. Really. Just like if you can keep breathing, like you win, which is pretty nice. It's not like buds or like, you know, some crazy Navy SEAL training where like they're putting you through the ringer and if, you know, it's trying to force you to quit. For me, this whole thing is just like, can I just make it through this moment? And I think that for me, anytime I do anything challenging when it feels very difficult ayahuasca the temezcal ceremonies before when i've been in the hospital and there have been tough moments i'm like i'm not thinking about this fast three days from now i'm not thinking about it how i'm getting through tonight how do i get through right now you know focusing on the pain you know finding on some victor frankel finding meaning in the suffering like how do i make it through right now into the next minute and so i'm scared y'all i'm excited I think it'll be a life-changing experience just because of where I'm at. I, I, I really am excited to have that time alone just to reflect and think and dig deep. I also know fasting before it kind of allows you to access different parts of your brain and memory that sometimes aren't always there, like available to us in the day-to-day. -day. 
And so I'm excited. I'm a little nervous that I might stumble on some things, some dark things, some like stuff that might be in there that I keep pretty tight under lock and key that I kind of, I know I should probably go through. And I know with the fasting, sometimes those, the fasting, the meditation, I can get into some rabbit holes sometimes that can be difficult to climb out of just because I already have a propensity to be a little bit um, nihilist, I think. I'll, I'll like already traveling, one of the beautiful things about traveling and seeing these different places is it just gives so much perspective on how, what life looks like for most people in the world. And it's not like, what life looks like in the States. Like, I'm not talking about like, yeah, like going to an office job and, you know, working in a cubicle. Like, yeah, that shit blows too. But I'm talking about like, what like dated, like rough. These places are super populated, not a lot of resources. It's hard. It's like, it's life is really hard. And so to be a white male born to educated parents in New York with the US Pat, it's like, I sometimes struggle, I think, between being wildly ambitious and wanting to change the world and wanting to have an impact that I realize comes from wanting to leave a legacy, which also I think comes from maybe wanting to feel immortal, which also comes from being scared to die. If you die at the back, that's where I think often wanting to have an impact comes from, wanting to leave a legacy comes from is really being scared of death. And then also that being juxtaposed with just like living the day to day that like Mother Nature in the world doesn't really give a fuck how I use my time. Like, like I said before, like I am and life kind of is meaningless. So kind of this working the balance between those two, I'm just being totally present, having big dreams, being ambitious, being grateful, and where those, all those things kind of interact for me in my mind can sometimes lead to like just very... Um, can lead to like some sometimes a little bit like hopeless places that that I I know I've encountered before through like deep extended periods of meditation and ayahuasca and things of that nature that kind of push you into those places intentionally. But again, I like I just trust I trust my abilities and that's what I've been really working on. Like I feel like it's almost like creating this metal. I don't know why I picture it as metal, but I do like in my mind. It's like in my mind I imagine it as like it's like this metal. I'm creating almost like a fortress around my mind of like, I'm like fortifying my mind's mental fortress. How's that for a tongue twister? And that's kind of feel like, I feel like what I've been kind of practicing for and just trusting in my abilities, trusting in my mental preparation, trusting in my physical preparation and also just a lot of these tools and things that I've learned from meditation. I'm just like spending extended periods alone and learning how to cope with those things. And, and like I said, just really trusting my abilities. I've been even having conversations with my body, like straight up, I'll talk to it. I'll be like, body, like we're about to go through some shit. Like, I want you to know you're going to be okay. You know, talking to myself, body, like enjoy this right now. Things are going to get tough here pretty soon you can relax it's like it's going to be okay you know and like just kind of like continue kind of working my way up mentally for this um 
because physically I know it'll be very taxing as well. You know, not being able to move or walk around a lot, kind of just seated in there in kind of this little patch of earth that I'll have to, you know, and also like when I was like having to take a shit or to go and be like, you find like feet, like digging a little hole, you know, these things are just going to be uncomfortable. And, and working through those things before I get there. So that way, um, when it all, you know, it never goes according to plan, you know, it kind of all goes south. I'm able to remain in the moment and realize this is what we came for. And that, and back in the days, this ritual used to be how, I think it's a Mexican tradition for, it was the rites of passage for boys to become men. And I think just in my life right now, that's been a really, it's been really on my mind a lot is this, this ritualistic piece that we've lost of becoming a man and masculinity and what that means to me. And I think I talked about in my other video too, and really kind of coming to terms with that and figuring out what that, you know, figuring out my own rules and, and writing my own rules around what it means to be a man and being, being an adult too. You know, sometimes I still feel, I still feel so young and, you know, life does not seem to be waiting for me. So trying to figure out what I want adulthood to look like, what I want my romantic partnership to look like. Again, you know, these kind of like kids are not what I want my career, these things. And also coming to grips with the fact that like things have not gone according to plan and will continue not to. And so how do I be okay being less accomplished than I thought I'd be? How do I be okay, you know, not ending up where I thought I would? And being okay, really marrying like the Kia that I always dreamed of being and wanting to be and what I wanted life to be with the Kia that I am and with life as it is. And finding peace in those things is not easy. And I feel like that's kind of like my, <clears throat> my life's work is, is becoming, becoming more human, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like I'm able to make really good art is because sometimes I do feel like I'm kind of an alien on the outside, an alien in human skin, as my buddy Brandon would say. So I'm able to kind of see these normal human interactions, how what life looks like for a lot of folks in a good way, you know, that, that I can't seem to figure out for some reason or another. But it makes me, I think, able to be observant and make good art about them, you know, writing songs about them or write. I've just, I've been learning how to write, period. You know, like I, I've never learned how to write before. And so I've just been learning a ton and reading, you know, Stephen King's on writing and um, Mary Carr's on memoir. I love writing nonfiction. So I've been trying to write one short story, at least pieces, at least a thousand words every day and would love to become a better writer. But I think it's almost this Mary Carr had this great line in the memoir. She's like, all of my work pretty much translates to just, I am sad, the end, Mary Carr. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like that kind of sums up my artistic career as well. But I think there is something about that, that being, in, you know, uncomfortable being human or feeling kind of like an outsider that I think a lot of people go through. A lot of people feel like not feeling like a grown up or an adult, but being a grown up, trying to figure out what that means, you know, these different things that I think help me express these art things in an artistic way better and i'm hoping um to really get a better grasp on writing and being able to express my way you know express myself through that that i'm looking forward to because i do feel like that's 
it's a powerful medium. It's one I really gravitate towards too. It's obviously very solitary and um, one that I think I could really knock out of the park if I could nail it. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's true, you know, like that's that's how it makes sense. The world is through this stuff. And I think these these extended fasts, vision quests, ayahuasca, anytime, these like big challenges that I go through intentionally, every time I come out the other end and I feel better because of it, it's just difficult sometimes to just take the leap and to jump into it. And again, it's not like it's that difficult. You just have to keep breathing, right? It's like in Finding Nemo when he's like, I love that scene. If, if we've hung out, you know, I've mentioned this scene before, like when he's like hanging on the back of the turtle and he's like going through all the jellyfish and then he's like, stay awake. And like, he just has to try to just like make it through the end of that tunnel. And that's just kind of how I feel. It's like, if I can just wake up every morning, make it to the end of the day and keep breathing, that's the goal. And then you win. You just do that long enough and you win. And I feel like that's something I can do. So what's next? Uh, <laughs> We're gonna make it out of this thing in one piece. It's gonna be about, I think, eight, nine days. I think I'm gonna be out there probably around eight, nine days. First couple nights are camping, kind of getting things ready in the tent, et cetera, et cetera, and then going out to the woods, spending four days out there. And then you come back and you spend another evening, I believe, camping, and they feed you, and then you do a Temezcal ceremony to kind of like wrap the thing up. And then I'm bouncing from Medellin to Mexico. I'm going back to Guadalajara for a hot second. I've got a little photo uh, vacation planned with my big bro. We're going to do a couple weeks through Mexico and Guadalajara in the Mexico city. Gonna, it's going to be street art, street food, and, you know, street photos. Kicking with the big bro. I haven't had a chance to really kick it with him one-on-one -on -one for a long time. So that'd be a nice 10 days. And then I'm bouncing to India. That's plan. I got my visa. I got my ticket. Starting to make some moves. I'm thinking, so I'm starting in Delhi. Won't be there super long. I'm thinking I'm going to go and post up in Hyderabad. And then um, maybe Bangalore. I've got a buddy that I met in Medellin, and he said, you know, he might, we might connect out in Bangalore because he's going to be out there. So I'm thinking I'll be out there probably four, five, six months. Maybe do a little Thailand stopover. Maybe a little Malaysia stopover. Maybe a little Istanbul stopover. A ver. And then going back home probably in October, September, October, back to the States. So that's the game plan. But just in case, for some reason, I get bit or I eat, no, I guess I'm not eating any weird berries. I was going to say like uh, into the wild, but just for some reason, if I get bit or something and, you know, am no longer here, um, for some reason, wanted to just record a pod, this final pod, final pod for now, we'll put it like that. I realized I'm not super scared of death. I was scared about having a kid accidentally, That was my, which is why I had a second. That's my biggest fear. I think, so I've been reflecting, just, I've been just playing with that idea, like what would happen, say I did die. I think for me, when I really boil it down, I would, I, I would feel unfulfilled just because I'm so excited about this new chapter about writing, pun intended, that like, I really want to pursue this and see where this goes. And I'd be really bummed for how it would affect my folks, my mom and dad, my bro, that like, I know it'd be really hard on them. And so before I've talked about death, especially coming out of the, the thing last year, that for me, I, I, like this is all kind of bonus for me at this point. Like I could go and I don't think have too big of a problem with it. But I, for me, it's really worth, I think, fighting for life 
at least right now for my family, because I know how tough that would be for them. And so selflessly, I'm not sure if that's that selfless trying to live, but um, I, I, I would want to stick around, I think, to really make sure that they, that, you know, that I just, I've, they've done such a good job as folk, you know, my, both my parents are great and my bro too, you know, every family has their stuff, but I was really just toying with the idea, like, what would it happen? And I've, obviously this is just with the blood shit, like, I, death is always right kind of like over there, you know, for me. Um, and I stuff I write, I've been, I've been kind of getting more comfortable with this, even writing about it too, but it's, I think that might be one reason why, you know, I didn't want to have kids too, was so that I can feel, and I've talked about this before, you know, some Kia shit, like to be too attached to anything so that I can, same with my, you know, minimalism shit, I can just kind of, I can like go at any moment and be okay with that, like actually, and having those conversations with myself, but, um, it's gonna, it's gonna take me a little more than that, I think, to knock me out. So, um, well, uh, I put some precautions in place. I, I wrote a will. I went on legal Zoom and like made a little will just in case. And that was interesting. Just, I was like, when you have to divide up your, your, what little I have, but when you have to divide it up for your parents and your family, I was like, who do I love more, really? When I break it down to percentages, um, no, I'm just kidding. Everybody gets a 33.3, but that was really interesting, breaking it down into percentages and like uh, who gets what, and it's just interesting kind of thinking about that stuff. Um, when you have to bring it down to brass tacks, uh, I think that's why the things like Knives Out exist, just because it's funny like how quickly resources muddy love, especially around family, and I think also with intimate partners, things like divorce, et cetera, et cetera, but no, it's just cool. Um, there's a cool exercise, I think, in in reality that we don't get out of this bitch alive either way. Um, but also just to really help me kind of dial in like what's important and who's important. And those exercises always kind of help bring clarity. So if nothing else, it's kind of nice for that. So next time I talk to y'all, I'll made it through this bitch. Um, it'll, I'm excited for the takeaways. I'm excited for the amount of stories I'm going to be able to generate. I want to make it through just because I want to write about it. I want to make a video about it. Like I'm excited just for the content straight up. One of the reasons I just want to make it through this thing is just for the content. I think it would be fascinating to be able to like, I'm excited to come talk with you guys about it and like what it was like. And I know it's going to be like, just like in the trenches, mental warfare shit of like, like, like it's going to be like questioning everything and then being okay with it. And then like some weird stuff's going to come up from childhood and it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm going to be all over the place. It's going to be a journey. Um, but I'm really stoked to make a video about it, like an actual video, and then also to pot about it with you guys. And, um, I just think it just make for, if nothing else, I'm trying to just live this beautiful thing about being a content creator is just to live more for experiences so that I can share them. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll just say yes to that because I think it'd be a great story. And if nothing else, it'd be fun to share and hopefully, uh, get you some takeaways. So that's my pod for today. You know, it's a little bit all over the place. Life, love, death, dating, Brazil, happiness, everything in between. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate you more than you know. Your check is in the mail. I'll check you in the next one. Peace.